Awesome, awesome. Um, good morning. Isn't it good to be in God's house? Can you scream amen? Um, the Bible says to give honor where honor is due, and we've got a very special lady who's celebrating her, I believe, 50th birthday today, and that is Kelly's mama, grandma. Would you stand up, Sherry? God bless you. Um, probably a little north of 50, but happy birthday. Happy birthday. And I'm not going to sing, and uh, everyone's happy about that. We also have some very special guests. We have Pastor Nathan's family, mom and dad here. Would you shoot up a hand? I saw you back there. God bless you. Avid Oakland Raiders fans right there. So you are always welcome in Jesus' name. Would you please turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Today, we, we are beginning a two-week series entitled Belong. And it's interesting that it just happened to coincide with Groups Sunday. And how many say the Holy Spirit is good, guiding and directing, and we have put this together many months ago, recognizing we're launching our summer groups today. Now, now listen, we are launching 72 groups summer groups. Now, fall will launch more than that, much more than that. But can we just give the Lord a great big hand, 72 groups for us to get connected in this summer. So my theme is simply this. How can we connect instead of cocoon in life and in church? I believe that your joy, your happiness, your spiritual growth is commensurate with your connection with God and God's people. I believe it with all of my heart. Um, I believe that people who are isolated, even Christians who are isolated, I believe isolation is the devil's playground. If, if the enemy can get you hurt or wounded or upset or mad and you isolate yourself from the body of Christ, his people, listen, I have seen people big in faith fall because they allowed the enemy to isolate them. How many recognize we don't want to be isolated, we want to be connected? Can you say Amen. Just a couple of things. It's crazy to know this, but especially as Americans, we live in a nation of strangers. A nation of strangers. Did you know four out of ten people experience an intense feeling of loneliness? Four out of ten. And you can even be a part of a, a wonderful, life-giving church and still feel alone. As a matter of fact, it might surprise you that there are some people that will attend a larger church just so that they can just kind of hang out in the back and no one will know that they are a gift and, and God has been giving them gifts that, and callings. And they just try to isolate and hide, even in a church. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to isolate my life. I don't want to just keep the gift that God's given me to myself because the gifts of God are always for others. Always for others. I'll never forget, I was uh, riding my road bike on the, on the road. This has been uh, probably five years ago. And I, I had a flat tire, and I was, oh, maybe two miles from my house. And I have cycling shoes that clip into the pedals, and they're very uncomfortable to walk in. 
And I flatted, so I'm walking home thinking, well, surely someone's going to recognize me and throw, allow me to throw my, back in the back, my bike in the back of their car, back of their pickup, and drive me home. Do you know I walked two miles? Nobody stopped. I, I just felt like I was invisible. And that is not a picture of the body of Christ. How many recognize there should be nobody that feels invisible in the body of Christ and in God's house? If you believe that, can you say amen? So I, I'm going to be coming after you today in Jesus' name. Do you know that God even said it's not good for man to be alone? Now, how many in the house are married? Let me see your hands. Now, all of us husbands, we understand it is not good for men to be alone. Listen to what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God, notice the Lord God said, and I quote, it is not good that man should be alone. So he said, I will make him a helper comparable to him who is better looking and more talented and more amazing than any man who's ever lived. And all the ladies said, amen. That's not in Scripture, but that, that is truth. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Throughout Scripture, belonging and connecting is the very heart of God. And I understand there's a, a whole bunch of us that are connected relationally in small groups and leadership and, and in the ministry of the church. I understand that. And I don't necessarily want to preach to you, but I want to preach to about 50% of the people who worship on one of our CFC campuses that they go to church and they're not, they're not connected to the church. This is not just a church to go to. This is a family to belong to. And the more you belong, the more you connected, the more you push away from being a cocoon, the, the more joy and happiness and peace and purpose that you will walk in. If you believe that, can you scream amen? So my opening text that I'm going to be working from today is Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And I'd like to begin reading in verse 19. The Bible said, So now you, Gentiles, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Isn't that a powerful verse? Father, would you take just the next few moments? And God, I pray that you just stir each and every one of us. You know where we are, Lord, how connected we are, God. And I pray that you'd connect us deep in your heart and in each other's lives. Lord, Lord we're, we're better together. So, Father, would you have your way today? In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. I have three points, and they're going to go quite quickly. I really want to leave some time at the end. We're going to debut all of our groups and give you an opportunity to join today. But my theme is how can we connect instead of cocoon in life and in church? Number one, you belong in God's family. 
There's some of you just need to settle it. And I hear this all the time. Well, well, Pastor Monty, I'll, I'll come to church when I stop smoking or I, I stop doing this, that, and the other. I don't feel worthy to come to church. How many recognize God accepts us as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us the way he finds us? Just come. You belong in God's family. And I, I, Pastor Nathan, um, thank you for singing that song, I Am a Child of God. My, uh, my spiritual father went home to be with the Lord two days ago. And Pastor E.E. E. Smith is my spiritual father. And everything that I am in Christ, I owe to him. Matter of fact, our multi, multi-campus model, I don't know if we have a picture. I sent it real late. If not, that's fine. There it is. That's my daddy right there. 38 years ago praying over me when he baptized me in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Man, oh man, do I love my daddy and I miss my bangs. But that is the man of God that saw something in me that nobody else saw. That man of God led me to Christ, led me out of the flames of hell, and placed my feet on the rock, Christ Jesus, and he taught me that I belong in God's family. Doesn't matter my past, doesn't matter my pain, I belong in God's family. You belong in God's family. If you believe that, can we just give the Lord a great big hand? I belong in the family of God. The Bible said, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Now, now when I say family from an earthly standpoint, uh, some, some it would bring a smile, maybe a chuckle or a giggle. Some it would bring heartbreak and, and discouragement and maybe even a little bit of tears. Blended families, families separated, families at odds. You know, you, you can really see the heart of a family at a funeral <laughs> and during the, 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 the will, the, the, during the probate of a will. The earthly family. And I don't know about you, but God's heavenly family, I understand our Savior is perfect, but how many recognize that The church is not. It's filled with people who have made some mistakes, who are still living in some pain. But together with Christ, we make up the family of God. Can you say amen? We're no longer strangers. I love the verse that says, We who were far off have been brought near by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the blood of Christ that cleanses us, that causes us to be born again and born into the family of God. Can you say amen? Have you ever been to a a family reunion and just kind of looked around and said, Dear Jesus, I want to be very gentle right now. I have family members here, and my mama watches just about every Sunday in Arizona. I'll just say it has nothing to do with Kelly's side of the family. It's all my side of the family. 
something, i tell you a funny story. Something really funny happened to Kelly and I just a couple of years ago. We, we drove to Northern California, Oroville High School. I graduated in 1977. And uh, we went for our 25-year high school reunion. So it was just a couple years ago. And I thought the invite said, Rotary Park. So here we are. We get there early. And, and there's maybe 40, 50 people there. And I'm looking around, I'm going, dear Jesus, Kelly, look at how old these people are. They look horrible. And we look so young in comparison. And for 12 to 15 minutes, I was walking in some tall cotton. And then I happened to see a banner that read, Oroville High School 40-Year Reunion. Hero to zero. Don't you love the family of God? We are as different on the inside as we are on the outside, but together we make up the family of God. Now, I don't know about you, but, but back to the family. Family describes people who share a father and share a bloodline. I don't know about you, but in the spirit, we share a father and we share a bloodline. His name is Almighty God. The blood that we share is the blood that flowed from the cross 2,000 years ago. We are a part of the family of God. Can you scream amen? And I don't know about you, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to me as I look at this. Uh, the family of God is not about how you walked in, but rather it's about what you walked into. How many walked into some grace? Let me try. How many walked into some grace? How many walked into some mercy? How many walked into some forgiveness? How many walked into some deliverance? Can we put our hands together and thank the Lord with all of our hearts? God, thank you. I understand the message of the cross. The message of the cross is that God is screaming, I, I want my family back. And I, I understand that there are some of you, you have rejected the message of the cross. There are some of you watching online that you have rejected the message of the cross. But can I just say God trumps you. He rejects your rejection. If you will just come to Christ messed up, all, all broken, he will put your life together. He will forgive you, and he will love you like you ain't never been loved before. How many believe that? Can you say amen? So, so, so why cocoon when you can connect? Why cocoon when you can connect? Through Christ and Christ alone, you can connect with the family of God. The second point is this. You belong in God's house. You belong in God's house. Let me give you just a, a little lesson on church history. Things radically changed about 10 years ago. And I think some is the advent of uh, the Internet. But there used to be a day when, when mom and dad brought Johnny and Susie to church, I, I mean several times a week, and, and every, never missed a Sunday. And there are people who are in this sanctuary right now that, that I've never seen you miss a Sunday. You've been here every single time I've been here. I usually miss about five Sundays a year traveling and, and traveling to our other campuses, maybe six Sundays a year. But every time I hear, I see you. You're faithful to the house. But listen, um, it's interesting. 
this, this generation, uh, I'm not saying they don't love the Lord, but they're not as connected to the house as the previous generation. And we can say whatever we want to, but it's true. And do you know every week we have more people watching online than we have on a Sunday morning? And I'm not demeaning that at all. It's awesome. The reality of this hit us as executive leadership. Was it two winters ago when we had Snowzilla, Snowmageddon? Wasn't it two winters ago? Do you remember the first Sunday of, of that year? It snowed, and no one could even get out of their driveway, and Kelly and I are here to church early, and, and I mean, it's the snow. We had some damage, and, and it was just crazy, kind of like we have water damage as you enter the kid zone on the left from this crazy storm that just happened. That's why the ceiling tiles are out. But something occurred to us. I just thought, well, let's put a, fam- a, a, a camera in my face, and I'll just preach my sermon online. There was five people on our main campus. We had to shut down every single Idaho campus that day. And do you know we had 8,000 people view that service? So the next board meeting, the board's freaking out. Well, how do we invest in this arena if we can reach 8,000 people with five people? You know, so, so I just want to let you know, you belong in God's house. And God gave me a very stern warning. And I know it doesn't relate to any one of you here because you're here, but I don't know, maybe there's somebody here you come once a week, once, or excuse me, once a month. I don't know. But listen, a month away can turn into a lifetime away. I want to say it again. A month away can turn into a lifetime away. Scripture. Listen, the Bible says in verse 20, So now you, Gentiles, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Here we go. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. You belong in God's house. But never forget, Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. In other words, he holds this house up and sets the blueprint of what we will become. It's interesting, in the Old Testament, God's people built a temple for God to dwell in. But in the New Testament, there's been a transition. God now dwells in the hearts of his people. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? You've got the Holy Spirit of God that is resident within you. Within you. (laughs) 38 years ago when I was born again, in reality, from the the view of Scripture, here's what it looked like. 
There was a day when Monty died. My, my dreams, my aspirations, everything I desired, passions, everything I wanted to become, it died, and I accepted Christ, and Christ now lives in me, and I came up out of the water, a brand new creation, with Christ driving the course of my life. It's no longer my will, but His. It's no longer my plan, but His. It's no longer what I think about me. It's about what God thinks about me. It's God's thoughts. If you start being consumed with trying to get approval from man, you will be rejected and depressed. Get your approval and identity from the Son of Man. Where is that found? It is found in the Word of God. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Our future is brighter, our hope is greater when we live a surrendered life recognizing that the Spirit of the living God dwells in us. Can you say amen? So is there anyone in the house that God's not finished with you? There's still some areas that he's working on in your life. Is it just me? or is there, Can someone give me some love, maybe some encouragement? Yeah, yeah. Every now and then something will happen. You'll just see how much, God, how much work God still needs to do. Anyone else? I don't know why I'm going to confess sin right now. I, I, was, I was pulling into Starbucks, and there was one parking spot, and it was my favorite parking spot. So I pull, and I see it's open, and there was a line of cars that were breaking the law in the drive-thru, so they were blocking the entrance to Starbucks. So I'm watching this last parking spot, and I'm, I, I waited for it. Seemed like, it seemed like an hour, but it was probably only 60 seconds before the drive-thru went through, and, they, and I could. But do you know, just before the cars moved, I saw, I saw another car coming this way, and that no good dirty dog, don't you know, he took that parking spot. And here I am, 6.30 a.m., wanting to just, you know, Jesus, my Bible, and a mocha. And I'm just going, you know, you see, it's times like that. We joke, and that's a funny story, but there's been horrible things that will, will allow me to see, oh, Monty, you got a ways to go. Aren't you grateful for God that never will give up on you? He's cleaning us up from the inside out. Um, I'm often asked, what in the world, what, what is going on at Christian Faith Center? So many people are getting saved and getting uh, delivered out of bondage. Um, and, and I believe it's this. I believe the Holy Spirit of God. Culture is very, very powerful. Do you realize that? Culture is, is what we do, but it's also what we allow. And we have a very unique culture at Christian Faith Center. You know our statement, we exist to love people to life. Our promise, we won't beat you up, we'll love you in. But the culture of our church is this. It doesn't matter what you did last night, last week, last month, what happened to you last year. If you will just come to Christ, God will save you, and he, will, he is cleaning all of us up at the same time. Someone said it best. He said, there's never a more sacred moment in the life of a church when God can, 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 can develop and grow the pastor along with the people. 
And I like to tell people as I travel and preach, I'm not the squeaky guy, you know, never made a mistake. That's, that's my wife. She's a beautiful lady, never sinned. Although I do have some stories. But you're looking at a man that comes from the other side of the tracks. But in reality, who's our model? The Lord Jesus Christ. Can I suggest all of us come from the other side of the tracks? Don't you just love the culture of our church? So many people are getting saved. So many people are getting cleaned up. Can we just say thank you, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. So listen, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, you also as living stones are being built up uh, into a spiritual house. God is building you. He's building, building, excuse me, building us. And, and listen, God's home that he is building, it's the contact point for a lost and dying world. I believe in the local church. I believe in what it stands for. Not perfect, but the one who loves us is. And Christ in me is the contact point for people who do not know the Lord for them to understand that there is a God that is available. He's not up there out of touch, but in reality, He is touchable. doesn't matter what's on your hands. How many recognize He is touchable? Can you say amen? I, I, I unashamedly love the body of Christ. I love the church. A lot of my pastor friends, I'm not demeaning this at all. I believe there is a season for this to happen. But when Kelly and I take a vacation, we go to church more on vacation than we do when we're in Idaho. We usually, usually go to three to four churches on a Sunday. We just love the body of Christ. We love to see the expressions of faith. We love to see how other brothers and sisters worship. We, we just love to see how other churches do things. We, we love to fellowship with the body of Christ. And it's so fun to travel and see that. And what's so cool, it seems like a lot of the churches that we travel to, it seems like it's, it's a similar message. That God is speaking and the Holy Spirit is real. But listen, can I read the Scripture one more time? The Bible says, together, we are His house. Together. I wonder if, if I could maybe say a context, maybe a little, just a touch out of context, but maybe not. Maybe if we allow our lives to be disconnected, the house that God desires to build will not be as strong as if we stayed connected. The Bible says, together. Look at your neighbor and say, we're better together. We really are. We're better together together. So we belong in God's house. We all have a special gift that God has given to us. We have responsibility. We have members and, 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 and people to pray for. Sunday morning gatherings are wonderful. They, they, they really are. But there's something about doing life together. Can I tell you, I longed for today. I long to hang out with you. I long for you to be a part of my life. I love it when you ask me, how are you doing with the, the loss of your spiritual father? I love the text messages that I got yesterday. Hey, chief, how you doing today? A lot of times we think, well, you're the pastor. You never have a need. <laughs> you know, sometimes the loneliest people in a church are the pastors. Well, certainly you have everything. You, you have everything. Listen, we bleed, we hurt, we ache, we cry. 
but we don't have to do it alone. There's something special about today for me personally. And you are the people of God that God is using to encourage me in this season in my life. By the way, how am I doing? I'm doing great because I know where my daddy is. He is in the presence of God. So we're better together. Together we are God's house. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. The enemy tries to lie to us so that he can isolate us. And if he can isolate us, he's got a good chance to take us down. But if we can stay connected abiding in Christ and Christ in us, breaking a Sunday gathering down into small groups where everybody knows your name, where you are giving, where you are receiving. Listen, the enemy doesn't have a chance. Can you say amen? But we got to stay connected. Got to stay connected. A lot of people think, well, I'm, I'm, the church is up in the mountains. And I will agree that when God created Idaho, he was really showing off. I, I belong to several cycling forums, and, and a lot of them on Strava, they'll say, went to my church today, and they'll show pictures of the mountains and riding and racing. Nothing wrong. And I'm not demeaning getting away for vacation. I, I'm not. I, I, I believe in that. But do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves. And the Bible goes on to say, especially as you see the day approaching. The day of the Lord, the return of Christ is approaching. If you believe that, can you say amen? It's approaching. The imminent return of the Lord. The blessed hope of the church. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I don't want to isolate myself. I don't even want to grieve alone. I want to have people that are so close to my life that they love me for who I am, not just for what I do. So it's found in, in groups. But you belong in the family of God. You belong in the church. I'm thinking of the prodigal son. The prodigal son, he had everything, and yet he got tired of the father and his house. So what did he do? He ran and he, he, he misused all the resources that his daddy gave him. But he came to himself in the, the, the pit. And he said, you know what? I, I, I want a home and I want a father. And what did he do? He came back and was restored. Maybe there's somebody here you've been disconnected. Maybe there's somebody you're in the pit today. I want to let you know that the, the story of the prodigal son is a story of the heart of God told by the person who knows the heart of God more than anyone, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is literally one step home. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. That's Bible. But things aren't better away from home. But things are good when we have a Father and we are connected to our home. Can you say Amen. Finally, how can we connect instead of cocoon? Number three, you belong in the body of Christ. You belong in the family of God. You belong in His church. You belong in this church. The Bible says in verse 21, 
we are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. I, I, I love this Scripture. We are carefully joined together in Him. He didn't just say, you know, there's a bunch of different churches out there, and, and you know, you put your first name out there. I'm just going to spread you out wherever you land. No, you were carefully placed in this church. It's not an accident that you're here. You may not like everything. Can I, can I give you a revelation? Neither do I. But I love the body of Christ. I love my Savior. And I love you. We're in this thing together. You have been hand-selected to be a part of Christian Faith Center for such a time as this carefully selected. Can I say to you, those of you who are not connected, you're sitting on your gift. There is a lack at this church because God has given you a gift that we need for the edification of the body and for reaching people for the glory of the Lord. Now, how many recognize our gifts and talents are different? You don't want me to work on your brakes. You'll go off a cliff. That's not my gift. That's not my count. I, I, I am mechanically declined. I went into a parts store one time, and I said, someone told me I need a, a metric crescent wrench, and they laughed at me. And the laugh I recognize I've just been taken advantage of. We, we are better together. We are carefully joined together in Him. I had some extra invites, invite cards printed out today. They're all over the church. And I'm going to ask every single one of you to grab a handful of these and invite everybody you know. Because maybe the church, uh, uh, family reunions, sometimes they're better when all the family is there. There have been some family reunions that, man, I just wish, wish my uncle or my aunt or my brother could have been there. would have made it better. Listen, I know there are people in here right now, just about all of us, I think our, our family Sunday gatherings would be better if they were here. Bring them. I want you to take some invite cards, every single one of you, 100% of you. Take some invite cards and invite people to church next Sunday and bring them. Well, pastor, does it work? <laughs> a week and a half ago, I meet with Pastor Jordan, my spiritual son, once a week. And we usually meet over food. Somebody say amen. And early on, I was introduced by Steve Crin to Honkers, downtown Nampa. I love that place. And there's always a waitress that waits on us that I, I know has lived a pretty rough life. And we were there a week and a half ago. And, uh, and she brought our food out. And uh, I said, man, we're, we're going to ask the Lord to bless this food. We're Christians. And uh, what can we pray with you about? She started crying. She said, I'm, I'm going through a divorce. Would you please pray for me? But she said these words, I'm not going to leave. Would you pray for me right now? Pastor Jordan and I prayed for her right then and then ate the food. Do you know several days later, she came to our main campus and got saved. I mean, you can't get any... That's fresh bread right there. I'm telling you, majority of people would come to, 
church. I don't know. There's people out there that are missing. I think we could have better services. I think we'd be more like family. If just, just, there's just that disconnected over there on that side, that one that's lost, that one that's struggling addiction. If they were just here, our family would be together. Do you see the role that you play? Um, I have a pastor friend of mine that travels the world. He does safaris. He's been here, Pastor Lee Metcalf. He told me, you know, you're in these these Jeeps. Jeeps, Kelly. And you're 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 kinda, you know, they got the thick glass and, and they're they're in the jungle and you know, you see lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. And I'm told they tell you, if you will stay in the Jeep, we'll all look like one big animal and we'll all be safe. But if you get outside of the Jeep, (laughs) you look like rare steak. Can I tell you? Stay in the Jeep. Stay in the house. There's safety in numbers. We're better together. I want to close with a picture and a story. It's one of my favorite baseball players of all time, Jackie Robinson. And I want to read a story. Jackie Robinson was a baseball player from many, many years ago. He was a great player, but is perhaps best known for having been the first African-American to play Major League Baseball. While breaking baseball's color code, he faced the boos and the insults of the crowds in every single stadium. But while playing one day in his home stadium in Brooklyn, he committed an error, and even his fans began to ridicule him. He stood at second base, humiliated, while the fans booed him. That's when shortstop Pee Wee Reese called for a timeout and walked toward Robinson and stood next to him. His teammate from the South, a white man, who in that time and place would have been the last person expected to do anything for Robinson, he stood out there, he put his arm around Jackie Robinson and faced the crowd. The fans grew quiet. Robinson later said, That arm around his shoulder saved his career. There are people here today. You need an arm around your shoulder. And that's what the body of Christ, that's what the family of God is for. That's what our 72 small groups for this summer is all about. Don't you dare isolate yourself and and continue to be alone. Don't cocoon this summer. Connect this summer in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Would you bow your heads? Father, I pray that, that we would take this message to heart. And that 100% of us, Lord, we're at about 50% right now, are connected in groups, which is just about better than any church I've ever heard of. But God, um, we know there are a lot of people standing on second base, getting booed, feeling alone, wanting to quit.
And Lord, it's just one simple commitment. I'm going to join a group. I might be scared to death. I might be an introvert. But God, give me the courage and the faith to join a group. And in that group, sir, ma'am, my brother, my sister, you will find love. You will find purpose. You'll find your gift. You'll find your tribe. You'll find people that will laugh with you, that will celebrate with you, that would be a phone call away. And sometimes, just sometimes, they won't even have a word, but just the power of that arm around your shoulder will mean life to you. Father, I speak that over our movement. Help us to connect. And Lord, if there's even one person here today that does not know you in a personal way, I pray that they would connect with you, that they would give their life to you, that they would be saved, they would be born into the family of God. Holy Spirit, would you survey all of our hearts with every head bowed and every eye closed? If you'd say, Pastor, I'm kind of wandering. I feel disconnected. Or maybe you've never known the Lord in a personal way. Maybe you're backslidden. You're, you're far from God. Would you connect today with Him? He wants to connect with you. He died that He would forgive you and save you and come into your life and change your life. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I need to get right with God. Would you pray for me? Can I see your hands all over the building right now? Is there anyone here? God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Let me just see your hands. Raise it high. Thank you. you got to believe that there are people watching online right now, that the Holy Spirit of God is knocking on the door of your heart. He's wanting to reveal Jesus to you and to change your life. I'm going to ask you to repeat a very simple yet profound prayer. It's a prayer that I learned from my spiritual father 38 years ago. And to those of you who raised your hands, I want you to pray it with all of your heart. And I'm going to ask everybody here to pray this prayer out loud. Would you join me? 